0: If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down
1: those
0: What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. Joining me as always is Justin Eller who covers West Virginia basketball for almostheavenathletics.com. What's going on today, Justin? Uh,
1: Not much, man. Just glad to get back on the podcast. It's been about two weeks, so everybody's been busy, but we'll get back
0: on track. Yeah, been a lot of prior obligations going on, but we're uh, trying to get back to it. This is our fourth update of the 2018 WVU men's basketball season. Um, three games gone on since we have last um, got a chance to release a podcast and record one, and uh, games against Youngstown State, Florida, and Pitt. So I'll uh, briefly recap all those, discuss those, and uh, also preview the upcoming game against Rhode Island. So uh, no further ado, let's get right into it. Um, uh, last December first 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 game of December, uh, West Virginia defeated Youngstown State one hundred six to seventy two to move to five and two. Um, much like uh, you had predicted on our previous podcast, looking ahead to this game, I think you said something like a thirty point win and at least ninety points. So you were pretty much uh, dead on with that one. Um, one of the better performances of the season though thus far for West Virginia in that game. Um, any thoughts on uh, the win over Youngstown State? Uh, I think it
1: was. Before, prior to the pick game, it was the best game we played all year. Um, I know it was Youngstown State. They're a little down this season. But uh, we uh, was, we looked like we took a couple steps forward. So um, we'll pretty much just wrap that up with, you know, it is what it is. We won big. so
0: Yeah, great performance by West Virginia in that one. And uh, let's move on and talk about uh, – The two games against the Power Five opponents, I know we had deemed it uh, statement week here on the show uh, last time we were on, and um, kind of a mixed bag of uh, the statement that West Virginia made, so uh, let's talk about the first matchup in that one, which was uh, December 4th against Florida in the Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden in New York. Florida defeated West Virginia, sixty-six to fifty-six, and what was a pretty ugly game for both teams offensively. But specifically for West Virginia, uh, really struggled on offense in that game. Um, what's your opening thoughts on the game against Florida and West Virginia struggles?
1: I've been watching Mountaineer basketball, since, I believe since probably two thousand and five, two thousand and six, and to my memory, uh, but, I mean, there's, there might be a couple other games that I. You know might not be able to remember, but uh, in my personal opinion, I think it's the worst Mountaineer game I've ever watched.
0: No, um, I agree. I just didn't. offensively ter- one of the worst performances I've seen for sure.
1: Yeah, it was it was absolutely dreadful. I mean, we didn't have any rhythm. We were just turning the ball over left and right. Uh, didn't make shots. I mean, we made we made basketball look like. It was a trigonometry math test in second grade. Uh, it's just we just looked like a bunch of kids that didn't know what they were doing, and honestly, we made basketball look like it's the hardest sport there is. And it's really, um, when you break it down, it's not too much of a complex sport. It's all about ball movement, which we didn't do, and uh, making shots, which we also didn't do. We just didn't look good at all, and. <clears throat> Uh, after that game, I was kind of worried. I, you know, I thought we took a step forward the last couple games prior to the Florida matchup. And I thought we, honestly, I thought we'd have an easy win against Florida. I didn't think they were that good. I knew they were a good defensive team, uh, not much of an offensive team. And they didn't really play good offense against us. I mean, they, you know, they had just about as many turnovers as we did. Mm-hmm. You know, they shot 33%, I believe to our 29. So, yeah. uh To lose by 10 with a team that – let me look at the box score here. Uh, To lose to a team by 10 points, which really we were down more than that. We kind of hit a couple late shots in in garbage time. That didn't really matter. It could have been worse. But when you lose by 10 to a team that shot 33% and also they had 15 turnovers um, and they shot – 6 of 21 from 3, which, was, which is 28%. If you lose by 10 to a team that's shooting under 33% in both categories, that's, that's alarming. And uh, that goes to show that it was just one of the worst games I've ever seen as a Mountaineer fan.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I think it's I think it's extra worrisome just because the simple fact, like you said, Florida's a good defensive team, and they were playing you know tight defensive, but it was like uh, West Virginia didn't know how to deal with that. Of course, turnovers have been a problem all year, and they were in this game. West Virginia had 21 as a team in this game, but the worrisome part about it to me is uh, West Virginia is going to see defenses like this and that are even better at locking you down like this. Going forward in the season, so they need to know how to play while under duress and and tightly guarded situations like that. And they really struggled, uh, like you said, 29% on field goals. Um, Ahmad was three and nine. Bolden was one of ten. Sags was two of ten. Lamont West was zero of six. So I mean, every no one could hit shots. No one could get free. You only had one double digit scorer, and that was Chase Harler. And all those points came, like you said, in garbage time. I think he got all those in the last three or four minutes of the game. So it's troubling to see uh, a team not be able to score against a team that's guarding them tightly like this, especially when they're going to see better defensive teams down the road, especially in Big 12 play.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think that uh, another alarming thing going forward, uh, James Baldwin, you know, he's got to be the guy at point guard, and I think he played worse than anybody on the floor that night. No. Uh, Baldwin, I mean, he he just didn't – he they guarded him. They got a little physical with him, and he just shut down. He couldn't do anything. And like you said, we're going to play better defenses going forward. Uh, we got a matchup against Tennessee. They just beat Gonzaga, um, so they're I think they're back in the top five this week. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the polls, but I believe so. Um, uh, yeah, we got them, and that, that's a road game. And then you, you know you got your Big Twelve teams like Kansas, Kansas State, um, Texas is playing good this year. Despite their last loss, they had, and you know Texas Tech's looking good this year. Um, pretty, a lot, most, about, there's probably six or seven teams in the Big Twelve that are better than Florida, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what worries me the most is just the fact that you know our really most experienced he is our most experienced guard. Um, probably, he, he's probably the third most experienced player on the team, and he just you know your point guard's supposed to be your leader on the court on offense, and he just you know Bolden didn't do good at all, you know one of ten that's not gonna get it done.
0: yeah, that's that's the big issue to me um, with this team for them to get better offensively, uh, which they really need to do. Um, we saw him get a little bit better defensively against Pitt and give a little more effort, which we'll talk about that here in a minute. But offensively going forward, um, somebody has to step up at that point guard position, whether it's Bolden or Napper or McCabe um, when he gets his chance again, whatever that is, or Haley, whoever it is. West Virginia needs someone to step up and take control of that point guard position and and, and run it you know, without turning the ball over and just orchestrate the offense because that's the biggest thing to me offensively is West Virginia doesn't have somebody that will get him set in the offense that will – Get the offense started up, and that it won't turn the ball over consistently. I mean, that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing is everybody's turning the ball over. You might have a guy have a good game, uh, one game with assists, but it's not consistent. The next game, he's turning the ball over way more than he has assists, and he just it almost just looks like nobody's comfortable running that point guard spot and, and taking control of it. Don't don't you think so?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you got you're looking at the minutes played between the point guards. McCabe five minutes. Uh, Jermaine Haley played 26 minutes. James Baldwin played 18 minutes, and Napper played 14 minutes. And between the between them, you got 14 total points and only one five six assists. Mm-hmm. And you're playing four point guards. That's 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 not good.
0: No, not not at all. Something something's got to give there, and you know the thing. Jermaine Haley actually had a, a, the best game out of any of them against Florida. Three points, five rebounds, five assists for Haley in that game. But that's really the only game that I've seen Haley look like a capable uh, po- uh, point guard, like he can run that point and uh, and do it well. Really, um, you see Napper have a game or two where he's done it well. McCabe have a game or two. Uh, Bolden, I I still think he's better off the ball. So I'd really like to see one of these other three three other guys step up, but. Like I said, consistently, nobody's stepped up. Everybody's had maybe one good game or so, but that's about it. Nobody really looks like um, they're going to take that job. And I think until you see somebody look like they can take that job, you're going to keep seeing that uh, rotation of those four guys by Huggins until he just finds what works. I think with a lot of these new players, a lot of these new pieces, Huggins is just rotating guys trying to find out uh, what lineups work and who can play where and with with what other players.
1: Yeah, I got – Figure out as far as that goes. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Bolden's going to be the guy at point for right now, but it looks like McCabe's kind of faded back. I don't know. Uh, you know, they mentioned in the Florida game that uh, they had uh, commentators, Dick Vitale, uh, they had asked why um, they had brought up why McCabe wasn't playing, and they had said that Huggins told them prior to the game that you know, he's just not ready to. Uh, get in there and make plays yet so um mccabe he hasn't played much since youngstown state and i think he played good against youngstown state Mm -hmm. but um you know it's just if you don't have a clear cut you know second option at point guard behind Baldwin, that's not gonna win games especially in the big 12
0: yep absolutely so um kind of put a bow on florida and let's uh Talk about a little uh, little bit, something a little bit more uh, bright, a little bit more upbeat now. And uh, that is the fact that West Virginia at least did claim victory in the backyard brawl, basket brawl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, came into that game after the Florida loss at 5-3, and three, while Pitt came into the game at 7-2. and two. Um, It was Saturday, December 8th, in Morgantown. And, um, you know, Pitt um, is a young team, but they've looked uh, improved compared to what they were last year, definitely. I think they went... Maybe won one game in conference play or something like that last season. So they definitely look a lot, a uh, lot more improved this season. Coming in at seven and two, uh, both their losses were to by one point lost to Iowa and a one point loss to Niagara. So uh, they're a young team, but they're looking improved. But uh, West Virginia did defeat Pitt sixty nine to fifty nine to move to six and three on the season. So. Um, I think the big story that came out of this game, uh, for a lot of people anyway, is that West Virginia went back to the press um, from the opening of this game and um, had a lot more success than they have had with it at any other point this season when they've tried it, and defensively had arguably the most success they've had thus far this season. And I think to me it looked like the team just played with effort. I don't know if it was just because it's the rivalry with Pitt or what they knew they needed to win really bad, but they definitely looked like they played with more effort than they had up up so far this season. But um, as far as bringing that press back, um, do you think Press Virginia has made a return, or do you think it was just kind of because the matchup against Pitt, who had a, a lot of freshman guards and a lot of young guys, and they felt like um, it could really be to their advantage to break out that press against them?
1: Uh, I don't think that Press Virginia has returned. Uh, you know, we, we, we did good. We we did force turnovers with the press. Uh, I, I honestly, I think it's a combination of two things. I think one, everybody was you know upset about the Florida loss, so the players came out angry, and two, we had a very good crowd for the first time this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually surprised with the Coliseum. Uh, I believe it was a sellout. Um, I think thirteen thousand some people were there. So uh, I think it was just a home court deal. It was the first time our teams got to play. You know, we've had a couple neutral spike games, uh, three of them actually, and, or four uh, count on the Florida game. So um, it was the first game of the year that we actually got to play in front of a sold out Coliseum. And I think that's I, honestly, I think that's the sole reason why we won the game because um, I, yes, the press looked good. they played good defense best they played all year. but um, I think we won that game because of the home field advantage because uh, I mean when you look at the numbers, we didn't really play good on offense. And, uh, we turned the ball over 26 times, two more than Pitt did. So, um, I'm not, you know, I'm glad we got the win. You know, we looked good, uh, in, in spurts, but I think the, the, I think one thing that is back just outside of the press, I think Kanate is back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, uh, for the first time this season, Kanate got back to playing like he did last year. He stayed down low. He got blocks. Uh, what he, was it seven blocks? He had, yep. um, so, he had seven blocks, you know, broke the school record, which is awesome. So, uh, I think that's between being upset at Florida, players are mad, home crowd, and they get back to playing his game. I think him getting those blocks helps the press because it kind of gets the players hyped up, and it gives them more energy because, you know, it gets the crowd involved. And that's, that, that's kind of how we've done the last four or five years, you know, we got guys that make steals, like Javon Carter gets a steal, easy bucket, still off inbounds. Uh, you got 10-second half-court. They can't get the ball across half-court line. Then you got Sagaba Kanate trailing the, the press, getting blocks. And uh, those type of plays are energy and momentum plays, and those are the type of plays we need to win. So I, that's that's why I think we won. I don't think we're back, but I think if Kanate is um, back to playing like he did, he played down low on offense, he didn't take many jumpers, and when he did, they were in rhythm of the offense, and he made them. So uh, I think if Kanate can just do that, then it's going to give us momentum and energy on the court, which will in turn help our press get to where it needs to be.
0: Absolutely. I agree uh, wholeheartedly on the Kanate uh, side of things. You know, I think it was the first game, like you said, that we saw the Kanate we've all come to uh, know and love over the past couple seasons and you know with those seven blocks like you said did break the school record for most block shots ever in a career so that was good to see and it's really impressive when you think that he's really only been here two seasons and now nine games into this season so basically in a little over two years he's broke the school record for career blocks just to show how dominant he's been on the defensive end but I think the biggest uh thing that I saw that I liked was what you said you know he got back to playing down low because um you know it's not necessarily a problem for him taking threes but The thing to me that hurts the most is if Canate's outside taking a three, there's virtually no chance of West Virginia getting an offensive rebound because he's the guy that usually does that for West Virginia. And if you look at the past uh, few years of West Virginia and when West Virginia's had success, there are two things that they found success with is forcing turnovers and then getting rebounds on the offensive side of the ball uh, to get more shots. You know, uh, Before the uh, past couple years, West Virginia had never led the nation in any statistical category and then for the past couple years they led the nation in offensive rebounds so I mean I think that's a big part of West Virginia's success and getting back to that will uh, lead to more success because you know West Virginia's a team that's you know in recent years been a team that goes on scoring droughts so any extra opportunities you can get to score is really great and you can get that through offensive rebounds and through uh, forcing turnovers from the other team taking shots away from them and rewarding them to yourself and in this game, West Virginia had 17 second-chance points, which I thought was a big step up and um, shows that they were working hard on that offensive glass, and I think that's going to really help going forward if they can keep uh, doing that.
1: I agree. And uh, Wesley Harris, had a, he had a solid game, too. Um, he had a chase-down block, and if you get another guy getting some blocks and some steals to complement Kanate, you know, it just gets everybody involved gets everybody amped up and ready to go so we just we just need to get back to guys playing their role i think i think what's hurt us early in the season is you know we got i'm huggins mentioned him after a four game he said we got guys he said we got about four or five guys that get on the court and they want to do what they think they can do when in reality they can't do it and mm-hmm. i know they can't do it cuz you know he watches them in practice every day and i think where – are You lose guys like Daxter and Javon, um, you know, it was kind of up for grabs whose team it was going to be this year. Um, The starting lineup is still up for grabs. Uh, Playing time off the bench is still unanswered. So all these guys, I think, I I hope this is the issue uh, with why we've been struggling. I think everybody's kind of wanting to make a name for Mm themselves. And I think that has made them play out of character and try to do things that they can't do, which has hurt the team, such as Konate shooting four or five threes a couple games. Um, you got Wesley Harris. He's, he's been shooting a lot of threes. He's not necessarily a good three-point shooter. Um, you just got guys trying to do maybe what they did at a previous level or maybe what they think they can do now because there's not guys in front of them. But um, I, I just think everybody needs to find their role and play their role and I mean that's just how that's how it goes in basketball. I mean, you know that's why guys make it to the NBA as role players. Um, you know, absolutely. I, I don't want to just name out NBA players. You know, we're talking about WBU, but you can just look at role players in the NBA that's been successful, and it's because they get to a professional level, they realize what they can and can't do. They don't pout about it, which our players seem like they do, and that's coming directly from Huggins. Um, so. I think it's just everybody's been trying to do too much and playing out of character. And I I hope that um, we can get a seven-eight man rotation with everybody playing their role. And you know, if you got guys that can shoot, let them shoot. Guys that can't shoot, they got to do something else. And just everybody find your role and play it, and uh, we'll we'll be a good team. It's just I, I just think everybody's trying, just trying to make a name for themselves and get in that lineup. But, I mean, if you play Huggins, rewards, hard work, and people playing their roles better than maybe any coach in the country. So, uh, if guys just do what they can do to help the team, they're going to play regardless. So, I think uh, that's a, I think that's should be the main point of focus is just everybody on that team is to find their role and do
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. And they just need to buy into uh... – the things that Huggins is telling them and, and, you know, teaching them because he's a Hall of Famer for a reason, or future Hall of Famer anyway. And um, I think that this is the game where you saw West Virginia give a lot of effort defensively. I think they went back to some things that worked in the past, hopefully. And I think if they can just cut down on the turnovers and uh, get a little bit better on the offensive end, I do still think this team has some potential going forward, and um, hopefully we see that. but uh, having said that, any final thoughts about the win over Pitt before we look ahead to preview the upcoming game against uh, Rhode Island? Um,
1: just build off the uh, defensive success we had. Um, yeah, you know, we got Lamont West. He's got to get it back together. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he didn't make a single shot. He had two free throws, two points. Kanate um, had a good game. Issa Ahmad, I mean, He's scoring 13, 15, 17 points every game, but they're not
0: pretty. And those they're turnovers, not, he's got not, to, I mean. He's not out there dominating. But he's your senior. He shouldn't be turning the ball over, you know, seven seven turnovers in the, in the game against Pitt versus only two assists, and that's at least the second game, maybe the third game, I've seen him have anywhere from six to eight turnovers. And he's got to cut down on that, especially being your senior leader. And some of them are just egregious. I remember uh, Beetle Bolden threw him a pass, and it literally – he turned the ball over off his, off his face.
1: Yeah, he's just he's just not into it. I mean it's like it's like a deer in headlights sometimes. Like he you know, he'll he'll drive down a lane and like against Florida drive down a lane, dunk the ball, look look like he's into it, and then there's it's just every game he just like I don't know, it's just like he goes through the motions. And like you said, seven turnovers against Pitt, and then we play Florida and at one point we had like nine turnovers to one assist with mm-hmm. like eight minutes ago in the first half. So you know they go into the halftime. Uh, I think we went in, we could I could be wrong. I think we went into the halftime with maybe eleven turnovers, eleven to thirteen, first half turnovers against Florida, and what do we do? We come out the very first possession, Isso Ma turns the ball over, throwing it right to a guy from Florida. Oh yeah. So if you got a senior coming you got a senior who's supposed to be the leader in the locker room and on the court and you just got done talking for fifteen minutes about turnovers and you come out and just throw a lazy pass and turn the ball over, I mean I don't know what's going on with him. He, he's really got to, uh, look as, as you know, I, I like Issa. I like all the players. Um, I, I kind of disappointed in Issa, And, you know, if Issa Ahmad does not play like a senior, uh, I just hate to say it. I mean, he's not the complete key to the team, but he's the only senior. And if he don't play like it, we're going to struggle.
0: Absolutely. He's, you know,
1: he's got to, uh, he's got to get it together. And, um, Bolden does too. Bolden's Balden's a leader now. So is Kanate. I think those three guys really—they got to take control of this team immediately, uh, starting with the next game. So, um, I mean, hopefully we can get some wins before January. So, um, I guess the only thing I got to say is just build off of uh, defensive pressure and cut the turnovers down, and start making some start making some shots.
0: Absolutely. And we didn't really
1: do that against Pitt.
0: That's why I said with Issa, the scoring's there. If he can just uh, – because he's had, I think, almost double digits in every game so far this season. So if he could just cut down on his turnovers, he would be really playing his role essentially. I mean, he, if we get double-digit scoring from Issa and then, you know, Kanate and Bolden play the way that they can, um, you know, it's it's a good it's a good chance to, uh, to win some games, especially if Lamont West gets go- back going. I think he's struggled the past two or three games. But if he gets back going again, you know, um, this team definitely still has uh, some potential.
1: Yeah, I think East's turnover problem, I I think it's from him not moving without the ball Mm -hmm. because when he does get the ball, he's not open. Um, He's got a defender on him because he's standing still. So his guy doesn't have to chase him around the court. I mean, especially against Florida, he didn't move at all without the ball. And when he does move, he gets wide open cuts down the middle. Um, You know, East is a guy that he's really good he's at his best when he's catching a pass, cutting to the rim and already in motion. Absolutely. When he's at his worst, he's he's catching the ball outside of the three-point line and either having to make a play or just forcing something and turning the ball over. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not not a guy that's going to cross you up. He's not a guy that's going to fly past you. He's a guy that's got to create his offense before he gets the ball. And I think if he starts doing that, you'll see the turnovers go down.
0: Yep, absolutely. It'd be a big part of it. So, you know, if offense can uh, can can improve and the defense can keep up with the effort they had against Pitt, uh, who knows what could happen? I think this team's gonna get better before they get worse. That's uh, that's what I'm predicting. But uh, let's look ahead now and preview the upcoming game against uh, the Rhode Island Rams. So, West Virginia will take on the Rhode Island Rams uh, Sunday, December 16th at 1 o'clock p.m. And this game will be played in Connecticut, actually. It's part of the Air Force Reserve Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off. That's a mouthful. Say that three times fast. But, uh, Rhode Island comes in at 4-3. and three. West Virginia comes in at 6-3. and three. Um, West Virginia is averaging 81 points per game, giving up 73 Um Rhode Island's only averaging 69 points per game, but they're also only giving up 63 points per game. So I don't know about you, but on the surface to me, this kind of seems like the uh, same formula as the Florida game. It looks like Rhode Island's a pretty decent defensive team, so we'll see if West Virginia has improved um, offensively any since that Florida game. And especially with having an eight-day break uh, going into this game, that hopefully they've been able to come up with some different things on offense to generate some offense against a pretty good defensive team and hopefully uh, cut down on their turnovers, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, I like the Rhode Island matchup. I think I think we win this one. Uh, I, you know, they're a good defensive team. They also haven't really played anybody this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they played one single Power Five team. Um, I mean, they beat Harvard. Harvard's four and five this year. Um, so I I think I think it's a game where we can. I I think it's a game where we can press, and I think it's a game where we can build off. Of what we did against Pitt as far as defense goes. And um, I also think it's a, a game where we can find out a little bit more about our point guard because, like you said, they are a good defensive team. So um, I, I like my main area of focus for the Rhode Island matchup is to find our two man rotation at point guard or three man or four if he decides to play McKay. But um, Haley's, Haley's seemed like he's played pretty good against Pitt. So um, I got a bad feeling that McCabe's gonna kind of his minutes are gonna kind of dwindle down. So um, I think it's a good good time for us to figure it out at point guard because I think that's the uh, biggest issue on our team right now. Um, you look at turnovers. Start with the point guard and more turning the ball over, way too much every game. And uh, I I like I like the matchup to play against a good defensive team and trying to get that figured out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good barometer for West Virginia to see uh, where they're at offensively and if they've improved uh, since playing Florida, who was another uh, pretty decent defensive team. So, I mean, I mean, despite West Virginia's offensive struggles, they do have four players averaging double figures in scoring still yet with Issa, Kanate, uh, Beetle Bolden, and Lamont West. So, I mean, West Virginia can score. They have a few guys that can score. If they can cut down on turnovers, I, I like their chances to win this game as well. So, I mean, um, having said that, uh, I guess the key to the game would probably be West Virginia's offense and how they perform, but um, like I said, they have eight eight days off uh, since the uh, win over Pitt, so by the time they play this game, so I mean, um, you expect West Virginia to come out in the press again and keep up that defensive intensity, and uh, as well as do you expect some uh, changes on the offense, maybe some uh, different plays or something like that? Do you think Huggins has made some changes to try and improve the offense during this eight-day break, and do you think he sticks with the press? I think the break, Um,
1: we kind of, we've had a a lot of traveling. As I mentioned, you know, we went to Myrtle Beach and we played at the Garden. So we've kind of been busy and it was a much, much deserved break. So, um, you know, Huggins has worked on offense. I think, uh, you know, while the press, you really can't work too much on the press in in practice, it's not, it's not an X and O type deal. It's, it's more of an instinct and effort type deal. Um, as Nathan Adrian, he, he's called some of the games this year and, mm-hmm. You know, they'll ask him, uh, you know, is the press, is it, you know, is it kind of like draw it up? You go here to this spot and the ball's here. and He'll tell you it's, it's an instinct thing. So um, that's just really reps. So, you know, they'll scrimmage five on five, get those reps, and get better at that. But um, I, I would like to think that the main focus in practice these past eight days has been offense and limiting turnovers.
0: Yep. Absolutely, yeah. so I think we're in agreement that the key to the game is definitely um, the offense's um, improvement, hopefully, and um, the ability to limit turnovers, because I think, um, you know, Rhode Island, like you said, they haven't really played a lot of tough competition, they have some losses against weaker competition, and they're only averaging 69 points a game, so I think defensively, West Virginia should be alright, and uh, Rhode Island shouldn't score as much, but if West Virginia can find their way to score, they'll probably be alright in this game, so Having said that, uh, what's your prediction for this game against uh, Rhode Island? Um,
1: I think we we'll win by 15 to 20. Um, i like to see us score 80. Um, I'm going to just give a final score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Mountaineers 82 to 67, Rhode Island. Okay. So right at 15, 15 points. So 82 67. Uh, I think we win. I think we start out uh, I think we'll, we'll probably start out slow in offense, and then I think we'll get it together and hopefully uh, walk out of there with a win.
0: I'm right there with you. I think it'll be somewhere around a 15-point uh, margin probably. You know, West Virginia beat Pitt by 10, and I think uh, Pitt's a slightly better team than Rhode Island. You know, Pitt's not a great team, but I think they're better than Rhode Island, so I don't see no reason why West Virginia can't win by about 15 um, I think uh, Rhode Island may hold them a little bit under their average. Uh, I think they may keep West Virginia in the 70s. But I also think West Virginia has turned up the defensive intensity, and I think they'll keep Rhode Island in the 50s. So I'll say 72 to uh, 57, 15-point uh, win as well. But I think that this is a good game for West Virginia to hopefully uh, continue to build some confidence and uh, get back-to-back wins for the first time in a while. So uh, that'll be good uh, to see for the Mountaineers and hopefully continue to improve going forward. So... um Having said that, I guess we'll pretty much wrap up our uh, fourth update of the 2018 WVU men's basketball season. Uh, Be sure and uh, listen to us on whatever platform you choose to take in your podcast. You can find us wherever, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. um, all of those. So uh, be sure and like us, uh, subscribe to us, share, us, spread the word about the country roads webcast, follow us on Twitter at WVU country roads, Um, all of that good stuff. We sure do appreciate that. But um, having said that before we close out, any final thoughts, Justin?
1: Um, not really. I mean, we've kind of touched on everything. So, uh, you know, we, we've took about a two week break from the podcast. So there's been three games, so it's kind of hard. I don't have a lot of thoughts fresh on my mind. So uh, I guess just my final thought is just improve at point guard position. I th- I think that's the most important thing going forward with this season because the Big Twelve's got excellent guard play. They always have. You know, you got Curran Roach at Texas. A um, couple freshmen at Kansas that are really good. Uh, just every, so you got Stokes at uh, and Barry Brown at Kansas State. So. Uh, point guard play is huge in the big 12 it always has been which is why we've been successful with Javon Carter and Daxter Miles and I, I even before that Jawan Staten had his success so um, I think in college basketball I think that's the most important position on the floor because mm-hmm. you got guys that are you know they're young they're still learning the game um, most of them are clueless to the game of basketball because you know high school level it's pretty much the better players are going to win it's not Not so much uh, about knowing the game. It's just it's more or less, uh, you know, this kid's better than that kid. So that's why this team is going to win. So um, I just my final thoughts is just get this point guard stuff figured out because that's the only way we're going to make the NCAA tournament this
0: season. I'm right there with you. Improvement is the uh, key going forward, especially uh, when you get set to get into Big 12 play, because West Virginia is going to have to find some wins in the in the Big 12, and it's hard to see where they're going to come from right now with without improvement, so hopefully that happens, especially at that point guard position, which is very vital, like you said, and uh, we see this West Virginia team improve going into conference play, and uh, hopefully get uh, on a path that can lead them to the NCAA tournament, but Having said that, that'll pretty much wrap up the fourth edition of the WVU basketball update from the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio4 Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. West Virginia takes on Rhode Island Sunday, and we'll be back next week to recap that game as well as preview what's to come for the Mountaineers. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz. For Justin Eller, until next time, let's go, Mountaineers.
1: Are you ready to